0: Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Cathy. Hello. And this is The Cinemile, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. And uh, happy New Year to you in the future. It happy New Year. It is not New Year right now. Uh, today is the 26th of December when we're recording this. It is uh, St. Stephen's Day in Ireland or Boxing Day in the UK or whatever it is called in other parts of the world. Um, so, big cinema day today. Um, but only one of us has decided to go to the cinema. (laughs) Uh, Cathy, tell them what you are going to see without me.
1: I'm going to see Napoleon um, because some of you may remember, long-term listeners, pre-Covid, my dad used to come on the podcast a fair bit and he was our history correspondent. So as soon as I heard about Napoleon coming out, I said, Dad, you have to come on and watch it and talk about it. Uh, We're not able to go together. So what we're doing is we're going separately. He's already seen it. I'm seeing it today. Going to the cinema On my own unboxing day A totally normal thing to do And then To (laughs) watch a three hour movie And then when we go up To my dad's house For a couple of days I'm going to record With him uh, His thoughts And his like his feelings about the movie and the history.
0: And, um, and I hear this is incredibly historically inaccurate. <laughs> or at least that's what, I, that's what the headlines I'm reading. And apparently Ridley Scott is out there just saying F you to everybody. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's a movie. I'm with you guys.
1: I'm unspoiled for this film because I don't know anything about Napoleon. And I haven't seen any trailers, so to me this will all be new, whether well, please, it's accurate or not.
0: Please ask your dad. I, I, I really want to know the insides out of this. And apparently the French are very unhappy. All of France okay. has disregarded this movie.
1: Uh, also, um, it stars Joaquin Phoenix, which seems unusual to me or odd. I, 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 see, I don't see him as a Napoleon, but he's a very good actor. Uh, But just in a general sense, I'm thinking Ridley Scott, Gladiator, Walking Phoenix. Like I'm expecting this to be good. I don't mind that it's going to be long because it's like holidays and I'm off work um, and I'm going to an afternoon screening. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and I can't wait to have my dad back on the podcast because it's been like years.
0: Yes, I am. I'm looking forward to listening to this. I think Much more to... than I would be if I'm, 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 I'm not sad I'm missing this at all. I've no interest in seeing this. <laughs> Honestly, it just looks like a big old bore. I'm not really big into big epics. I do love Gladiator and I think Ridley Scott can do a fantastic epic scene. But I don't know. I just have zero interest in this. So I was checking um,
1: the last time Dad came on and I think it was, remember when I went to see The Favourite without you? I think yeah, I need we to catch a, up on that we did I think I did a dial in with dad after that, where he gave us like the real history of that era. Right. Um, so that was quite fun. Uh, so anyway, next time you hear, I will be back with my dad. And right now, Dave is going to insert a trailer for Napoleon.
0: Yeah, and I'm off to eat some some roses and leftovers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Rose is
0: the chocolate, <laughs> not the flower. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bye. No doubt you'll see the chaos in the streets. We must make an example, or France will fall. What would you do if this assignment of defense was transferred to you?
1: I promise you brilliant successes. Everyone
2: Everyone around. What is this costume you have on? This is my uniform. So I led the French victory at 2-0. What is your name? Napoleon.
1: Has the course of my life just changed? Napoleon. Right, I am back with my dad, Jimmy. Welcome back, Dad.
3: Welcome, Cathy. Good to be here. <laughs>
1: uh, it's been ages since we've had you on the podcast
3: has been a while all right but
1: this might be the right time the right book is next to us so i'm in dad's house and he was showing me this book he has that he's been referring back to the age of napoleon turns out when i opened it i gave it to dad for his 45th birthday we won't say how long ago that was dad. fair enough <laughs> this is amazing he's got notes on the margin he's the man for this podcast so dad Uh, firstly tell me
3: a little footnote it is 20 years ago so please bear with me now
1: (laughs) Um, were you excited when you heard this movie was coming out
3: yeah i like the sound of it Mm -hmm. i like the sound of it because there's 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 a there's a wonderful story to be told about this era brutal and all as it was it's a wonderful story an Mm -hmm. epic story
1: yeah and after seeing the film which we've both now seen sadly separately what are your kind of overall impressions on the film before we get into spoilers on the historical inaccuracies? Mm. What how did you feel watching it?
3: Mm. I thought the film was uh, the cinema scope, if that's the word. I thought was excellent, all the costumes and the settings and that. I thought the uh, the battle scenes. Not that I've ever been in a battle, but I think they did justice more or less to the brutality of war, which I was glad to see. Um. The, i thought the music was lovely mm-hmm. yeah i, I thought agree. the music was was a gem uh, i thought the acting was was good and i thought the film for, for what they covered was too long
1: right okay and how did you feel about Joaquin phoenix as napoleon
3: i'd say he was good mm-hmm. it, it, it like his i didn't notice any inadequacies in his portrayal mm-hmm. of him um, i'd say he was good and as far as I, I, I would know i'd say he was good in it
1: and how did you feel about the the centering of the film around his relationship with Josephine and then like punctuated by battles which I thought was an interesting way to frame because a biopic can be framed in a million ways right and this one I guess the director chose to do it that way how did you feel about that as a device
3: as a device I think it worked even though I think they overplayed the time between himself and Josephine Uh, but it it meant therefore the film was restricted Mm -hmm. it was restricted to that aspect of his life, mm-hmm. himself and Josephine and his military story to the, to the extent that they cover the military story. One could have come at the life of Napoleon or the Napoleonic era. You could have come at it through half a dozen other angles. Mm-hmm. To give us an example, you could have come at it through like, a, say, a country that was very significant for Poland. What did it mean for Poland? Are for the the reemerging of Poland as an example, you could have come out through the lens of Poland, mm-hmm. indeed you could have come at it through the lens of Ireland mm-hmm. there's so many ways you could have come at it,
2: mm-hmm.
3: but uh, you could have come through it through the lens of Corsica where he was from, but it didn't even attempt to touch any of them. Mm-hmm. It just looked at it through the lens of himself and Josephine and the military affairs
1: mm-hmm.
3: which that if that 's what he chooses to do, good luck to him.
1: Yeah. Uh, I found it interesting because like, I'm very ignorant of the era. And in fact, when I started watching it, I realized I thought Napoleon had been about 200 years before he actually was like, it's relatively recent, which I don't think I'd quite realize. There you go. Yeah, like quite how recent it was. And um, I obviously famously knew about him and Josephine in the letters that I was aware of, and then I was aware of Waterloo because of the Abbasong. song and I have to say (laughs) I really didn't know anything else about him despite apparently buying you this book a long time ago that I don't remember buying Uh, so for me it it was really interesting but I think what what I didn't feel albeit there was dates flashing up on screen and I could tell a lot of time was passing I never felt the passage of time because I think they cast an actor way too old like I think they should have started with someone who was young and then aged him up because effectively, he kind of looks the same for the whole film. I got a bit confused as to where it was. In retrospect, in hindsight, I realized himself and only Josephine might have been only married for like 15 years. So it, I don't think it felt long enough. I don't think it, for me, it didn't feel like it was really his story. And then the, the stuff that I was really interested in, the kind of famous stuff about him being like a military strategist, I really felt like that in the very first battle we saw him in. Or we saw him really thinking about what he was going to do and so I felt like I saw his strategy there but then as it went on I failed to see what was what has been reported as his military brilliance whether or not it's true I didn't really see any of that and I also failed to see his ambition like I never really understood as a character what why he was doing anything (laughs) because the film's so punctuated by just these battle scenes and then the stuff with Josephine but the stuff with Josephine I loved. I, I think she's brilliant, the actress who played her. And I um, I thought their scenes were very funny and I think maybe intentionally funny. Like, how did you find the kind of marital scenes between them?
3: But just if I could go back to a point you mentioned about it, like he didn't age. Like the Napoleon, his, his era as the top dog was very short. Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: from beginning to end of the movie was about 40 years, was no, it, in battles?
3: No, not at all.
1: Oh. See, I couldn't grasp no,
3: not, that. not not at all, not right. at all, not
1: at all. And again, I think that's a filming making issue because I I couldn't figure out the passage. Yeah, now. but I
3: think that the um the like his era might have lasted I don't know, give or take ten or twelve years.
1: But what about though? Not not so much his era, but his, the very first, like the when we open on the Marie Antoinette stuff and we end on him. In yeah, but that's,
3: that that was you know that that era was only about that say from the time she was executed, mm-hmm. to... He came home between his tail, between his legs from um, Russia. Um, it was only about 12, 12 or 13 years or something like that.
1: Oh, OK, well, even then, I'm confused by the passage of time. Yeah. But, but, but
3: so you weren't looking at because it like it was a very short period. Like you were, you're not looking at a 40 year span or, or anything like it.
1: OK, so that's hilarious because that's what I thought I was watching. even as the film yeah, was unfolding. You could
3: say that in a way that the film didn't perhaps didn't illustrate how much was happening over such a short period because like Europe turned you know the history of Europe turned between the French Revolution and Napoleon's time Mm. and uh, and then his kind of final defeat and then it turned again it turned defeat following his defeat Mm -hmm. so there was like there was epic epic upheaval in uh, Europe first in one direction and then in another
1: yeah I feel like the film thought I feel like the film on one hand thought the audience knew a lot which i didn't so maybe stuff was lost on me but then on the other side for what i've seen since the director he's been kind of going well it doesn't matter what really happened in real life i just want to make my movie the way i want to make it so it, it it's kind of hard to to watch i think and understand what's going on i found but what i really did enjoy was the relationship with him and josephine I found it very funny I thought their scenes were quite hilarious I don't know what you thought about them or how it kind of portrayed him as a very odd man
3: well if I was to go back I'm not a hundred percent sure where I got my information from it might have been and to give credit where credit is due the age of Napoleon by J Christopher Herald but uh, there was a kind of a joke about about uh, Napoleon and Josephine that there was a slight misunderstanding when they got together which is that each of them thought the other had money Which was not the case. Right. Uh, like they might have had I think they both had kind of aristocratic type backgrounds of one mm-hmm. form or another but neither of them had any money.
1: That's interesting because even that confused me in the movie because at one point she's like do I look like an aristocrat and she appears to have a couple of kids and then as the film goes on they're you know they don't have more kids and I got very I got very confused by what was going on and I don't think the film spent it spent overly long in details of how they interact together which is quite funny. But then no time on the details, which again left me a bit confused.
3: So in other words like the context was that was was yeah. very limited. Yeah. And there was a, there was an awful lot of scenes of him looking at her and her looking at him or yeah. various other shenanigans. Mm-hmm. But the context was uh, not really presented.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what I felt like. Um and then in terms of the large scale battles, like they looked Incredi- it's undeniable how good they look and I, I think to your point on the brutality of war they're also very distressing and I think yes. they're supposed to be um, and rightly so
3: yeah. I was I was kind of glad at that because like war should not be glorified
1: mm-hmm. yeah and when you really see the scale of it like these millions of men just marching around Europe to their death it's quite but shocking if, but if I
3: could pick up in the historical even on the battles things like it showed like, in his early days when he was kind of a shall we say relatively lowly in the uh, military he was He obviously was very able, a very able military commander. Um, If he had stated that as a military commander, him and France made him a lot better off. Mm -hmm. And then his his ego, as I see it, got just completely out of hand. uh, I've no I've no reason to believe as the years went on that he was serving France, he was serving himself. Mm -hmm. Like what France could provide for him and his ego and his family was the name of the game. Uh, and it uh, it eventually caught up on him, this kind of delusion that he was kind of a semi-god nearly.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Militarily though, there's one thing that I would like to point out. Like in the film, it was presented that, you know, he was had all these successes under his belt and then things went wrong mm-hmm. in, obviously very badly wrong in um, in Russia. Mm-hmm. There was no mention of Spain in the film whatsoever. He had a Spanish campaign that turned into a disaster that had many of the characteristics of the the Russian one
2: mm-hmm.
3: it, didn't have, it didn't have the weather one at least not to the same degree but it had many of the same characteristics that the large numbers of people in Spain they, were ha- they weren't having this they weren't having Napoleon and or his French army taking control of their country they just weren't going to have it it doesn't matter what the price was going to be they weren't going to have it as in Russia mm-hmm. the people were not going to have it um, so, one could say, if he had been a bit more alert, he would have seen, or at least he might have learnt his lesson in Spain.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But I thought it very, like the, I know there was battles all over Europe, but I thought it was remiss, really, that Spain wasn't mentioned at all
2: mm-hmm.
3: in the um, in the film, even from the, looking at it through the lens of the um, of 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 war, because you know he got the the French got really got their nose bloodied in. Um, in Portugal, stroke Spain. Mm-hmm. If they had learned or listen, if he had learned his lesson, they might have realised that you can't just present a big army and expect everybody to, to fall down in front of you. Some people will, and other people won't, regardless of the price.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So they could. Have, he could have learnt a lesson in Spain,
1: mm-hmm.
3: but he chose not to.
1: I guess that didn't suit the narrative of the film, where it's like they're building and bu- he's building and building, and kind of ready for a fall.
3: Yeah well in terms of historical inaccuracies like I'm no expert on details like I hear people say that he couldn't have been in Paris when uh, Marie Antoinette was beheaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah i heard that. Yeah no, but I th- for me that's a technical detail. Mm-hmm. Like he was around par- he was around Paris in those times and he would have been close enough to the um, absorb what had been happening. If he Whether he was there in the day or not I think is a, is a technical detail around the story to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd have personally I'd have no quibble with that.
2: Yeah.
3: Now in the Spanish situation, uh, there was nothing wrong in the film about Spain, except for the fact that it was completely omitted.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. And I think the uh, what I thought when the film opened, I was like, because I was very unsure going into it. I thought oh, it was very long and I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it or not. And when it opened on the Marie Anto- Antoinette scenes and the straight into the French Revolution, I got really into it. I was like, oh, this is a very epic film. I thought that was a great way to open it. Uh, and I think to your point earlier on the costumes and the setting and the music I was with it the whole time like I really thought I was going to get bored in this film I never did I never minded the length of it Uh, I was really I have to say I was really into it Um, and I just there's one other thing I want to talk about before we go to spoilers so how did you feel about the fact that in this film everyone has a British accent or mildly European accent and then Joaquin Phoenix has an American accent how did you feel about it?
3: didn't even register with me okay
1: interesting
3: the only person who, whose accent who who registered with me was wesley the duke of wellington yeah um
1: he was great yeah that was uh, rupert everett
3: yeah like he, he was born in ireland and he's a guy um i have actually quite a lot of respect for
2: right
3: yeah i think um certainly the irish presentation of him historically i think has been um unbalanced to pick as an example, like the um, Catholic Emancipation was a big issue, a huge issue in Ireland. And if you ask anybody who's history, who do they think about Catholic Emancipation, they think of um, Daniel O'Connell. But Daniel O'Connell had to do a deal with somebody. And who was the deal with the British Prime Minister who was willing and able to make the deal with him? It was Wesley. So he felt like he came from very modest roots. He, he had a very successful, ultimately a very successful Spain campaign in Spain, Portugal, against the French. He had that under his belt. He was a man, um, probably for more modest roots than Napoleon was. So I just thought, that even though they didn't dwell on him very long, I think they didn't do justice to that character, whatever they did about his accent.
1: Oh, interesting. Uh, I really liked his performance, though. He's a great actor. I, it bugged me no end that, that Napoleon had an American accent like it infuriated me (laughs) like i understand it's ridiculous but when you're making films in english to an extent i understand you give everyone like a generic british slash european accent i get it albeit it bothers me i struggled with the film because there was just so many men it was like a tidal wave of male actors nominally from different european countries but because they all had british accents maybe the russian guy twang of a russian accent i couldn't follow what countries he was talking to which i find very hard sometimes names right. would flash on screen sometimes yes. they wouldn't so because i know historical context actually
3: was- on that front at the end of the film when they listed all the actors like i, I could recognize who a lot of these characters were meant to be playing mm-hmm. in real life but in the film, I couldn't.
1: Yeah, so even you didn't know who No, I were. couldn't
3: identify who, who, like I didn't know who was speaking an awful lot of the time.
1: Right, yeah, and I didn't. And then walking in Phoenix, American accent just like set me nuts. I couldn't, I oh, thought well, it
3: was. We all have issues. Cathy. the laziest it, it, thing. It didn't bother me. didn't <laughs> I, bother me. Like
1: I take it fine he wasn't going to put on a French or a Corsican accent because everyone around him was British, but he like surely he's a good actor he could do British accent.
3: Well, can I just be, put, put, put something back to yourself. Like, did it? Change your opinion about Napoleon, or did it inform your opinion about Napoleon watching the film?
1: I truly have no opinion of Napoleon, <laughs> so I, I, I couldn't possibly have. Uh, so I still don't have much of an opinion because I don't, you know, believe that a uh, that any of the love scenes we saw between him and Josephine, for example, are based on anything. The letters interested in me, and I loved hearing the letters, and I do want to go off and read all the letters now because I think that's an incredible piece of history that those letters have been captured. But then, what was sending me? nuts was when joaquin phoenix was writing to her he was like please why don't you write me write me I was like, only modern americans say write me in the english language it's write to me so again i was infuriated by this i've heard interpretations i've read interpretations of the film where people think by the fact that he spoke in a modern cadence a modern method of speech and an american accent was to demonstrate. How he's an outlier, this course can go in France, but I think that's giving it too much credit. I don't think that's what Well happening. I wouldn't
3: I wouldn't be hung up on that at all. Like if, I think if I remember remember right, I think it's actually his first language would have been Italian. Yeah. Like and he was probably writing to herself in French, presumably. <laughs> so the fact that he's American accent doesn't bother me, Kelly. <laughs>
1: um okay, now we're gonna go to spoilers on it, so I'm gonna pause for a quick break and you might hear an ad and then we'll be back. We're back. Dad, this is what you came for. It, we need to get into the historical inaccuracies or accuracies. How do you feel? How do you rate the film? And I know you said, I take your point about the fact that you don't mind particular tiny details around like whether or not he was in Paris. But in an overall sense, how accurate do you think what we saw was?
3: Yeah, well, like in the sense that you're going to, how do you say the word? Dramatize something. Mm-hmm. Um, to the extent of the historical details that I know, the, I have no difficulty with what was presented in the film
1: mm-hmm.
3: as I said like no, like Spain but lots of the, I have a difficulty but so much was left out and not referred to at all mm-hmm. that's, that's the difficulty I have
1: what do you feel about I've seen a lot of people giving out about the Egyptian scene
3: I think I missed that in the sense I was looking at it, it, what it did it show blowing up the pyramids yeah, yeah. <laughs> which no, never happened yeah no but, which I hadn't seen I hadn't <laughs> right, seen okay. but at least it didn't register with me mm-hmm. but again it um well, I suppose that there is a thing in that that is there is probably a twist in that now that you say it that I would take issue with because he did bring a lot of very learned people with him to Egypt um, and they made um they did a huge amount of research about Egyptian culture mm-hmm. and that was very significant in um, a scientific sense. So I suppose in that regard, we chosen blowing up the pyramids whereas in fact he was doing a lot of research while he was there at least he had themes of people doing research while he was there um yeah that that's that 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 doesn't ring true at all
1: yeah ridley scott said that it was his shorthand of saying oh he took egypt and that's how he did it but i don't think that was necessary because he says in the letter to josephine that he's taking egypt so we could hear it and i think visually for me as a total ignorant person in in the setting i even i watched the film went Wait, what? He blew up pyramids? That's awful! I can't believe he's done that. Um, well, it
3: feels weird. That, yeah, I know. That maybe he was using in he, he 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 used such force, but also I suppose now that you mention it, what the film didn't pick up that that Egyptian campaign was not a success. And it
1: implied it was.
3: In in a military point of view, that was not a success. That um, campaign. Mm-hmm.
1: The implication was it was a success. That's right. It was.
3: Okay. It, it was. It the way it was kind of presented in the scheme of successes, it was presented as if it was a success, mm-hmm. but it wasn't
1: the one that really struck me visually so the very first battle scene we saw which i thought because we three really big battle scenes we've the one when he's early on in his career and he they scale the walls and they use the brits own cannons to bomb their own ships which was i thought was a brilliant scene his horse gets hit by a cannon like it was all very visually um interesting that that battle scene i really enjoyed the next big battle scene um a much more brutal one was the was it was it against the Austrians and the Russians, or
3: some kind of combination? Yeah. And I'm not going to I'm not going to attempt to say that word because I can't say it, it begins. <laughs> with, it begins with an A. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that they say that was his greatest military uh, success.
1: Though interestingly, on the quibbles I've been reading since, because I've been trying to, I've not read up on the history. I've just read up on the quibbles people have the history. Um. So the way the the movie kind of really kind of brilliantly showed him get herding everyone onto this what turned out to be a frozen lake and you know all these people going under apparently that's very inaccurate and there was just a couple of patches of ice that like 10 people fell through but his own myth and legend he said it happened the other way
3: well there was no better man for propaganda than napoleon Mm -hmm. um and like his his egyptian campaign was not a success but him and his chroniclers would have written it up as a success Mm
1: -hmm. And that's probably why the letter to Josephine said he said I'm taking Egypt. Yeah,
3: and uh, well, in fact, Wesley was famous for the same thing. If he, he he liked to think that he never had a defeat, so he said to his henchman or whose aide was he says after a few quite setbacks he says man, write me up a victory. <laughs> so naturally, he wrote him up a victory.
1: Yeah, well, that makes sense then because apparently it's totally untrue this i thing but, however but, it's presented but, as
3: true but i wouldn't i would but again to a certain degree i think they're probably just illustrating that this guy was a very uh brilliant commander yeah. he could come up with um come up with ideas that other other people couldn't and yeah. use them and utilize them and like and uh like he, he had he did have an astounding military success with his with against much greater forces than he had mm-hmm. so if he if he didn't think outside the box he wasn't going to win yeah but obviously he was a very good man for thinking outside the box when he was younger
1: i think how it was visualized. and
3: in, 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 sorry not that he wasn't that much younger but shall we say in the first half of his reign perhaps
1: yeah how it was visualized by ridley scott the ice stuff it looked it was like um it was unbelievable it looked incredible yeah.
3: also the, that scene was probably overplayed it went on and on yeah. you know the ice thing mm-hmm. given that it isn't it isn't historically correct Mm -hmm. like that was taking the dramatization too far
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and it's funny um, I was sitting there thinking well this must have happened or wouldn't be in the film like I'm surprised I am surprised like uh, as a filmmaker when I'm watching a historical film as a film viewer I generally think that I'm watching something fairly accurate Um, the other big I guess one of the big set pieces was and I knew nothing about this when they landed in Russia and then the city was burned down around them that was fascinating
3: Hmm. well that's correct
1: yeah I thought that was really fascinating and then they say let's keep going and even his own kind of sergeant is like that's a terrible idea and th- I think that's when the film shows that he's losing it because he just walks in anyway
3: well he, d- he didn't keep going
1: what? I thought the film I thought the
3: like when when when
1: after the city burned down I thought they kept pushing into Russia further
3: no no
1: oh
3: no he did he, you know they did turn around and come home
1: oh See I didn't get that from the
2: film.
3: Yeah, no, the, he, the in the film he says like we'll we'll keep after these guys. Mm-hmm. And the, the his uh, it showed his commander saying no we can't do it.
1: Ah, okay, and I thought and he that, didn't take the advice.
3: No, he did take the advice. Ah, didn't I mean, like it maybe, but he did, yeah.
1: God, and they lost that many people anyway just walking back through the winter.
3: Well, that's when they were most exposed.
1: Yeah.
3: That's yeah, that is when they that is when they lost their uh, they lost it.
1: They were shocking. And what about the scene then the final scene, the waterloo scene? Is there some implication in that, that it was due to the weather that he lost because it was so wet, or is that just...?
3: Well, I think there is... To that, I can't speak to that, Cathy, but there is this, that... Um, if the Prussians had not arrived and they arrived just in time, uh, I think that's accepted by all and sundry. Like, if they had arrived... Well, I'm, not, I'm not sure how much later they would have had to be, but if they had arrived later, he would at that point have had defeated the British. Right, okay. And at that well, that probably was the strategy. And at that point, they would have the full French forces to deal with the Prussians. Mm-hmm. But the way it happened, and uh, whether it was for the weather reason or whatever reason, that he had to contend with both of them at the one time. Mm-hmm. And that sealed his faith.
1: It was, I, found, I found that scene really distressing. And just all these young men lined up with guns, just killing each other. Like It's an awful thing to watch.
3: Well... Can I speak in a slightly broader sense? Yeah. Like, for me, it is beyond me why Napoleon has a positive reputation. Yeah, it is beyond me. Like he even his, his own lifetime, and as somebody said, the um, like the children had The children of the widows he'd left behind hadn't even grown up before the the reputation of the great Napoleon started to appear. Yeah, like the number of corpses that he left behind because of his ego. Mm-hmm is beyond I, I can't I, I can't say how many hundreds of thousands of people he left he left dead and all the consequences for 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 each and all of them mm-hmm. um and to you could say like in his and the film did not change my my kind of view or opinion on it like in his early days he you should you can say that he served his country and in his later days he wreak, he wreaked havoc on his country and the countries around him mm-hmm. um and we want and the, in fairness, the film did give a few figures that the film did give a few figures at the end about it, but that referred to these specific battles. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the number and that was
1: millions and that yeah, wasn't even all the battles. Yeah.
3: So the number of wasted lives, mm-hmm. um,
1: is just astounding. Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, like the, 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 the campaign, some of the wars that were fought in the early years, there were wars of kind of survival for France the new France, you can say. And he played a role in that. But his traipsing into Russia was an ego trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and his in into Spain was an ego, an ego trip.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and uh, you know, with hundreds of thousands of lives lost, lost in both countries.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so I'm afraid what I can admire, uh, the man obviously had ability, the destruction that he brought in his own lifetime, and the legacy that he left afterwards, uh, it's for me is kind of catastrophic disasters
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like the film i I still don't quite know what the film was at because the film gave us all those numbers in the end in the credits which i found really impactful but i don't and in in and those battle scenes particularly waterloo like we saw a lot a really horrific loss of life for everyone um and it was a really sad thing to watch but i still never felt like you know, you come out of a film, you're like, what was the message of that film? What were they trying to show me? Yes,
3: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think the film really wanted me to know that he loved Josephine, <laughs> and then the film wanted me to know that ultimately, loads of people died. But, he but I don't know that the film had a view know, on Napoleon. D-
3: yeah, yeah, but he didn't love her enough not to dump her.
1: Yeah, but it was for his it was for his few for his country because apparently everyone needed an heir of Napoleon. Pardon? It's like the implication was he was like selflessly like, I need an heir for this country, which is hilarious oh. because he could have just abdicated. Which yeah, isn't that nonsense. Yeah, it is nonsense. Yeah, absolutely so, nonsense. So I'm just
3: saying, like, picking up your point, if he lived her that much, he didn't love her that much. Yeah, no. he, I, like I, yeah, he, His ego was more important to him than Josephine. he
1: was. And I actually um, was looking up afterwards the son, what happened to him. And I'm pretty sad, actually. Apparently, the son died when he was like 20. So he he died, he had no heirs anyway.
3: Well, that's not quite true, Cathy. Oh. Oh. The um, he had maybe he had. Was legitimate, it legitimate?
1: Sorry, by the by yeah, the date.
3: N- no, but in the, he, he had uh, we we have Napoleon a couple of generations. We have Napoleon the third. Now, what was the relationship with Napoleon the first and Napoleon the third?
1: I think he was an uncle, was
3: he? He could have been an uncle.
1: Yeah, because Napoleon the is around now.
3: Oh, good for him. He's like but, my age. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but Napoleon the third, but the third, he 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 became a powerful emperor as well. Right. Partly on the back of the name that he carried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he went off um, to leave France an awful lot. Of, he did some good, and he went off to leave France an awful lot worse after the end of his outing as an emperor. So I think that's one of the legacies that Napoleon the first left. Mm-hmm. This, at least, this propaganda picture. Mm-hmm. of the great France and Napoleon up on his horse and all this nonsense
2: mm-hmm.
3: that dr- drives people to lose their lose their senses nearly. Mm-hmm. Um, chasing after something that is their own behaviour can be horrific mm-hmm. um, but they couch it in a kind of glamour.
1: Mm-hmm. Interestingly this film has not gone down well in France. The is French so? don't appreciate it and Ridley Scott said well the French don't even like themselves oh. as a, as a uh, rebuttal. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, one of the things I do not understand—I do not understand in France why Napoleon is popular.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I do not, but he is—at yeah. at least in a certain quarters, because like, the immediate legacy when he when he got the bullet is that the Bourbons were back, and and even in his own time, he undid—at least in my view—he undid the, the the driving forces of the Revolution, which were what were they? Liberty, equality, yeah. was it freedom? Um,
1: by crowning himself by the way this is embarrassing but i never even knew he became an yeah, emperor so.
3: yeah like so where's the equality gone with that yeah but and even more i mean again i'm sorry now the film didn't bring out this point like when after the french revolution one of the first things they did was abolish slavery in the french colonies mm-hmm. one of the first, well napoleon reimposed slavery in haiti
2: mm-hmm.
3: and i think that's that's a terrible blot on his car he, to reimpose slavery mm-hmm. yeah um so so he could have been a bridge between a, a turbulent era in France, uh, with the benefits, shall we say, of the revolution into a modern state. But because his ego took off, not only did he not bring it forward, he, he, he caused this havoc and destruction and he set it back. Mm-hmm. He set it back and these Bourbons got back again into power and all that went with that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: very interesting. Um, what I kind of gleaned from this in a general sense was that I'd love to get into exile because you get to live in a <laughs> tropical <laughs> island. And what did he get? A million francs a year?
3: I can't say. Can't <laughs> say on that. Yeah.
1: Um, it seemed like he got a very good deal, and I don't know why he ever came back from it. And he got a very good deal again. So, two exiles ain't bad for um, what is a warmonger or a war criminal. Anyway, Dad, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. It's been too long. We need to look out for more historical movies next year for you to come and talk about.
3: The, the, okay, I'd be glad to. But one of the things, like, you know, you know. Even poor old Ireland, you know, they were singing songs in Ireland, you know, hoping that Napoleon or somebody belonging to him might show up oh, really? to help out. Yeah. Well, they can sing
1: on. Oh, no. Well, speaking of singing on, usually Dave and I end the episodes with uh, some music from the film, but we decided not to do that today because we have dad here, who's our special guest and has released a CD and has just released a song from it called Len Mucha Buena. Um, on YouTube on YouTube so I'm going to link to the song in the show notes so please click on and um, check out his YouTube he's also on Bandcamp and um, tell us the name of your album Dodd
3: Time and Tide Celtic Echoes.
1: and tell us a bit about your album
3: uh, first of all I want to apologise in advance for any mistakes that I have made in this <laughs> broadcast and uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm only a learner and uh, so please advise me if i got anything wrong
1: he is not a Napoleonic expert we do have to say but he knows a lot about him
3: yeah a little bit about the album
2: mm-hmm.
3: okay the album was uh, an attempt to pull together my uh, to paint a pictures as it were of my musical interests which have evolved over a lifetime and they would have so ultimately what I said I'll try and get a song from each of the areas or a piece of music from each of the areas that I'm interested in um, and see if I can get if I can get them to standard I'll go for two of each so I didn't quite make two of each but I ended up with a, I think it's um five and six and five eleven tracks so we have some Irish songs um, Irish Give it to you. Give it to you, try. Won't, this is not any particular order. There's Irish, English, Scottish, American. There's a, a song from each one of them. There's a couple of pieces by Turlock or Carolyn, the Irish composer, I'm very fond of. We have a traditional set of tunes, and then we have uh, a number of my own self compositions. One of the one that Cathy's going to line up is the uh, La Noche Buena, which actually is in Spanish Christmas Eve, and because it got that title because finished on Christmas Eve, one night in Andalusia. So there's a little bit about the album.
1: Brilliant. And you don't know this, but we actually have a lot of Spanish listeners.
3: Oh, yeah. well, buenas noches. <laughs> buenas noches. And espero que tu to, um, to disfruta disfrutaria, uh, LCD Time and Tide. And yo necesito estudiar un nombre en español para esta album. So another day. I'll have the name in it in Spanish
1: <laughs> ah, brilliant thanks dad so now you're going to hear the and watch it by Jimmy Cullen and you're going to hear the whole track usually we can only play um, 30 seconds a track because uh, we don't have rights but dad you permit us to play the full thing
3: oh I couldn't refuse under these <laughs> circumstances
1: okay bye
3: adios <laughs>